0: Hi, welcome to On Investors Minds. I'm Tai Hui, the Chief Market Strategist for Asia Pacific at JP Morgan Asset Management. And thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time to learn about what's On Investors Minds and how that fits in with building the right portfolio. Now we've just had the July Chinese economic data and the overall growth momentum is still slowing down. Meanwhile, a large private sector property developer is facing problems in paying interest on his bonds. The People's Bank of China has cut its one year medium term funding rates by 15 basis points. What can be done to boost the economy and what does this mean for the equity market? As always, we will have the investment implications and our three key summary points at the end of this podcast. So let's start with economic data. The July retail sales growth numbers disappointed at 2.5% year on year growth from 3.1% in June and against an expectations of a pickup of 4.5%. Now, Due to the holiday season, catering growth will remain in double digits, but there were sharp declines in luxury goods such as jewellery and also building materials due to the headwinds in the real estate sector. Slow home purchases meant that related consumer spending on durable goods are also under pressure. For example, furniture, electrical appliances and decoration materials account for about 10% of total consumption. And these spending dropped by 11% year-on-year in July versus a decline of 3.6% in June, adding further uncertainties to get the consumption recovery. Now, with the end of the summer holiday, we could see further weakness in consumption going into autumn. And this is also reflected by Central Bank's Consumer Confidence Survey. Weakness in the job market and negative wealth effect from the real estate and the stock market are impacting on consumer confidence. On investment based on official data, our calculations show that fixed asset investment only grew by 1.2% year on year in July, in which a larger decrease of 2.3% was recorded in private sector. So private sector and real estate investment have been a drag on the overall progress of fixed asset investment. Real estate investment contracted by 8.5% year to date. But the overall subdued sentiment is also reflected by slower lending growth. Despite the 10 basis point cuts to 5-year LPR in June, incremental social financing declined to 528 billion yuan in July versus 4.2 trillion yuan in June. This suggests that the central bank easing alone is not enough to boost the economy without more optimistic consumers and businesses. Now, given the weak numbers the people spent of China cut the one-year medium-term funding rate by 15 basis points, we could see monetary easing, including cuts in the reserve requirements, in the months ahead. However, these easing have not really boosted the economy in the past year, given cautious business and household confidence. So, more measures to boost sentiment will be needed, and also lower rates are putting pressure on the Chinese yuan exchange rate as we speak. The housing market is still a critical part of all this. Not only consumption and investment are linked to the property market, the financial health of local governments are also connected to revenue from land sales, which means a weak housing market put pressure on local government financing vehicles, as well as the ability to boost the economy. While purchase restrictions have been eased by local governments and banks have also made mortgages cheaper and easier to get, housing transaction volume is still low. This comes back to the expectation of property prices. Few people will be willing to buy a property if they don't expect prices to rise in a meaningful way. And this expectation is currently curbed by the government's philosophy of keeping housing affordable. Hence, the authorities will need to solve this conundrum. There's also fiscal policy, which has focused more on infrastructure so far. It could have a broader impact if a spending program is targeted towards households or reducing taxes for businesses. So in short, there are solutions to the current bout of economic weakness, and this could be a potential catalyst to both more upbeat mood to the both economy. In short, there are solutions to the current bout of economic weakness, and this could be a potential catalyst to more upbeat mood to both the economy and the market if the government adopts them. But so far, the authorities are approaching cautiously. So what does this mean for investors? Both the onshore and the offshore Chinese equity markets have underperformed year-to-date due to weak growth momentum. The current valuation using forward price-to-earnings ratio are below the 15-year average, which suggests that investors are pricing in some of the challenges facing the macroeconomy. An obvious catalyst for better performance would be more concrete measures from the authorities to boost confidence and support the economy. And this could include more aggressive fiscal spending, targeting consumers and private businesses, and potentially greater degree of tolerance for property prices to rise. Now, while the market has not performed well year-to-date as a whole, it is important to recognize that there is significant dispersion in the year-to-date performance by individual companies and sectors. For example, under the CSI 300, the big four state-owned commercial banks have all generated double-digit return so far year-to-date. Technology, hardware, and software companies have contributed positively to the markets, And even though the macro backdrop is challenging, quality companies should still be able to generate consistent earnings for investors in the long run. And we should also note that international investor position on China is light, again, helping to limit the downside. So three key takeaways. Number one, the latest economic data from China shows the challenges facing the housing market, corporate investment, and part of the consumer spending. And this will require prompt and significant policy response. Number two, more monetary easing measures are on the cards, but this will need to be accompanied by policies to boost confidence, especially on the housing market. Finally, and most importantly, the underperformance of the Chinese market year to date has already reflected some of these economic challenges and could react strongly if convincing policy boost comes. Light international investor position also helps to reduce the headwinds. Moreover, considerable dispersion within the market meant that alpha opportunities are still available for investors focusing on the quality of the company and consistency in corporate earnings. Now, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share this with your friends and colleagues and also consider subscribing so you get the latest episode when we release them. And if there are topics that you would like to hear from us or any questions on this podcast, please reach out to your JP Morgan Asset Management representative.
1: This content is intended for information only, based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. JP Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of JP Morgan Chase and & Company and its affiliates worldwide.